Welcome into a Saturday edition of Tater Tot Sports Talk. Casey Tucker here. I've got Tommy back on the mic. Say what's up, Tommy. How are we doing, guys? We have some reactions with uh, Suns Bucks Game Six tonight. Casey, game Five me, tonight. Tell me how you felt, man. We just watched it. it just happened. I'm feeling horrible. I want I'm your, not. I want, I want your. I want your analyze analyzation of the game. How we feel about yep. stopping Middleton and Giannis. Paul yep. looked better tonight, though. So Paul did look better. So we. Tommy and I took a little trip to St. Louis yesterday. Uh, got to catch a game at Bush Stadium. It was, was beautiful. Great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, as Cubs fans, though, it's not ideal. It was not know? ideal, but uh, I will say, as a diehard Cub fan, nice stadium, Cardinals. Good job, Bush yeah. Stadium. It was. It was a good time. But we were able to talk a lot about sports on the way. Um, kind of just get a grasp of, of where we're at in the Cubs season here. Suns game was, was going to be huge tonight, and now... We're looking at a three-two deficit after we're up two zip in the series. I, I I just I can't believe it. And and looking back on the stats, Booker dropped forty points tonight. Again, again. 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 He, had, he had thirty-eight after three quarters last game. I know. And then they shut him down in the fourth because he was in, wasn't he in foul trouble last game? Yeah. And they had to shut him Five down. Five fouls with ten minutes left. And and the topic of debate was, okay, you're you're gonna waste Booker's forty-point performance yeah. and take the L. When you could have just won a game in, in Milwaukee, but now you get back to Phoenix, he does the same thing. Chris Paul has a double double, 21 11. Aiden has a double double, 20 points, 10 rebounds, and you allow 123 and you lose. Yeah, I just think there's a couple of key places in the game where the Suns had some bad turnovers once again. I think Turnover they, late once again. They, they, they cut them out a little bit from their last two games, but it was just in bad timing, and they just weren't able to execute in clutch moments. And uh, Giannis seems to be locked. And it looks like he's got the momentum. The home crowd behind him really seems to help. But uh, I think he carried it over into Phoenix, and they were focused, and they got the job done. So but. He did not have a double-double. Um, nine rebounds, six assists, but 32 mm-hmm. points. But Chris Middleton, 29. Drew Holiday, 27. See, Drew Holiday can't score that many points if you're a Suns. Even Connaughton, 14. Yeah, see, you gotta get, you got to keep some of those guys quiet. I mean, uh, I just, it's hard. You're not going to stop Giannis. Giannis is going to do what he's going to do. But when you let the, your exterior players score that many points on you, uh, it's going to be tough to stop them. I mean, 50% from deep for the Bucks, 57% from the field. Meanwhile, the, the Suns are 13 of 19 from three. I mean, they just that's, that's couldn't get enough shots off, but yeah. they're they're hitting them 55% from the field. I, I just don't get how you lose at home. The, the rebounding affairs is very similar. Um, assists very similar. Personal fouls twenty to seventeen. Um, Suns had more fouls. I I just it comes down to key plays and the thing I did not get is the fact that the Suns were up sixteen early. The Bucks are up fourteen with with ten minutes left and the Suns make an epic comeback. Um, great finish there. But key moments of the game, you get them to choke on free throws. You come down the court. Booker's going to the rim, realizes he can't finish, looks to turn around and pass it, trying to find an outlet man, and he gets stormed, I, I think, by Drew Holiday. Turns the ball over. Just just turns it over. Leads to an alley by Giannis that uh, kind of switched all momentum, put the game away. And it was flashbacks to me from Game 4 when Chris Paul made that key turnover very late in the game. Missed he the left-handed dribble. or just missed the dribble and ball, well, ball goes loose. We were talking about this yesterday, how there was rumors that he was might be injured. And that's why he's been struggling. He was struggling those last few games. So they're saying a wrist. They were saying a wrist injury. And, you know, if you don't have Chris Paul, you're not going to be able to, you know, win this series. 
But I think you're encouraged as a Suns fan to see him come out tonight, score 21 points, get 11 rebounds. Um, 11 assists. 11, 11 assists, not rebounds. And but, uh, he looked. I mean, he definitely looked much better tonight than he did those last few, the last two games, game three and game four. Of course, less turnovers. Nine of fifteen from the court. Three for three from deep. Five fouls though from him and Booker again. It, it, it is very encouraging. But at, at what point do you finally find a way to to collapse on this Milwaukee offense and? Score more points than they do. Well, like, I think I think too. What I, what I saw, what's been different in the last two or three games from what I saw the first two games, is that the Suns' ball movement seems to have slowed down a little bit, and they're becoming a little bit more isolation and focused on Devin Booker. Now Devin Booker can get the job done; he can do whatever the hell he wants on the court. He's going to find his spots on the field. But I remember seeing more in Game One and Game Two, ball movement, good outlet passes into the paint, and they were getting much easier buckets. I felt like in the first two games than they have in either. Game four, game five, for sure. So I think they got to kind of come back to fundamental basketball the way they know how to play, and they'll be able to beat this Bucks team because they can. Okay, so honest prediction: who wins Game Six? Bucks. It's over. <laughs> I don't. They're want taking it. the series over. I don't in, want in it to be over. I want Suns to win. I want Suns in seven. But I, I just Milwaukee's got momentum. They're gonna go back to Milwaukee. Oh man, I'm, I'm nervous. I, if I'm a Suns fan, I'm like, dang, this might be. They look good on their heels. I honestly thought this was going to be a series that the home team won every single. Yeah, game. that's what we were talking about. And I, I could have saw Suns winning in seven, but then after seeing the Bucks just beat them tonight in Phoenix, it's over. They're going to go to Milwaukee and see they're going to clutch and take the take the comeback uh, series victory. The thing for me though, you're not going to get another 29 and 27 point performances from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Maybe I hope, Middleton. I hope not. Holiday is so inconsistent. I know, but if you're going to let him do it, and he's going to be hot, he's going to stay hot. If the if the same Suns team offensively yes. shows up tonight, mm-hmm. you're winning most most games. Oh yes, I would agree. You're you're. I just don't see Middleton had some clutch shots tonight. Yeah, man, a couple of fadeaways shots. and a couple of and one even, but from the three point line. I mean, that was that's not going to happen every game. Yeah, maybe from him. I mean, he's like a Booker. He's going to put in points. Regardless. I expect more from him than I would Drew Holiday. Of course, but yeah, so. Drew Holiday, the point guard. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I see. Either. I see a very good game six, and I'm still very nervous and could easily see the Bucks taking that. I do. Yeah, I could too. I just think if if the Suns kind of get back to who they are and they cut down on the turnover, especially in key moments, because they're they're a better disciplined team than that. We we've seen them time and time again be the most disciplined team on the court. That's why they've gotten this far. Um, if they get back to that, they can definitely force a game seven, and then you don't. And then it's a, you know it's anybody's series then when they're back in Phoenix. So, but my gut says momentum rides with the Bucks in Game Six. All right. Well, we will have some coverage back here in a few days, hopefully with better news for uh, the Phoenix Suns fans like myself. Suns in seven. Oh my goodness! <laughs> tough, tough, uh, tough turnaround here, going up two zip and then losing three in a row. So. Um, you know, it's, once again, time will tell. Time we gotta wait tell. a few days, soak it in. I, I'm not gonna sleep well tonight. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Poor but, guy. It's nice. It's kind uh, of nice as an outsider to to look at the series and just kind of analyze and be like, oh yeah, good series. But my heart ain't in it as yeah. much as yours. And like we talked about, like actually watch good basketball. Like we're not seeing the Cavs. Oh, I know. We're, we're not, not seeing, seeing the LeBron Heat. or we're not seeing the Warriors exactly. every single year. So yes, yeah, so it's it's been a good year for the NBA. I would say. Yeah, it's hard to say as a as a Suns fan. That's what I've been watching the entire playoffs, so it's hard to say, like, oh, like, 
I'm I'm a basketball fan or a fan of another team mm-hmm. that's enjoying watching good basketball. But I feel right. like that has been the case. It has this this postseason. It so. definitely has. It's been such a change since the last decade of watching the NBA. It's it's been such a nice breath of relief. Of course. So uh that it's it's a heartbreaker. It's not over yet. I mean Good we're luck. Cubs fans, dude. I mean, we're down three one <laughs> to the Indians. That's right. Don't ever lose hope. This is this is three to two. Don't lose hope, it's Phoenix. Two games. It's gonna be a good finish. But uh, transitioning into the Cubs too, dude. Speaking of the Cubs, bye, Jock. Yeah, I think the last time we talked, they were in it. And um, last time we talked, they were in it. I think were they in first place last time we talked? They were in first podcast? place. Yeah, and then they so, weren't thriving, but they were in first. They were in first. They weren't thriving. The, yet. the Brewers had that stretch of like fourteen games where they couldn't score above two or three runs. Right. So, right. yeah, but major then, struggles. And the then, 11 game losing streak and then totally different conversation. Much different. Two games <clears> under 500 going into the All Star break. We've already played Okay, you're playing the so Diamondbacks. Exactly, now we're 500. But the Soria can't, can't pitch. He can't close the game media. out. So, yeah. Wilson had a clutch hit. Now, now you're back at 500. The Cardinals uh, drop one last night. Cubs move back into third place. Uh, Reds a few games up. And Reds and Brewers are, are opening up the series as well. And the Reds were up like five to two yesterday. Blew it. They were up again tonight. Um, blew it again. Lost in eleven <laughs> innings. So the Brewers now sitting at fifty five and thirty nine. But regardless of what happens to end the season, what do you take from this Cubs season from a trade perspective? From uh, a, a rebuild and, and just outlook on the team going into the off season. I mean, we're we're not going to sit here and talk. The Cubs are going to be in the World Series, but what do you take closing out this year with the trade deadline two weeks away? I mean, this already has been such like a roller coaster season. Like even comparing to 2016, of like just ups and downs of just like like I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, two months ago we were talking about them, you know making a little bit of a playoff run, being in first place, competing with the White Sox in August and having an exciting Crosstown series. And now they're going to fire sale the whole team. We don't know what the team's going to look like in a week and a half. And it's very possible that the last few months of the season, the Cubs could be one of the worst teams in baseball. So it's just going to be such a heartbreaker. I'm dreading the day that they're all sold and traded. Uh, so it's just been a crazy season for the Cubs fans. I haven't even been able to watch a game knowing the inevitable is going to happen with the core. Um, and but, like we were talking about, it's inevitable. It's gonna, it is. It's going to happen. And it, even like even if the Cubs win their next 10 games, you have to you have to make these moves. We cannot sign everybody. You are not going to keep everyone. They're not good enough to make another championship run. We have got to break this up some way. And we don't have to break it up all the way like we did in you know 2012 or 2011 when Theo took over. And we were in a rebuild for five long years. We can turn this around in two to three years, I'd say. If you sign one or two guys of your choice that you think you can afford and you think can grow with this new kind of core set of Cub players, and then you trade the other two or three, maybe four guys, depending on our assets, to get some high-quality prospects. You know, if we can get five top 100 guys with the three or four guys we're going to trade, I think that's totally reasonable. Kimbrell's going to give you a big package. I think Bryant's worth something. I'd like to get rid of Baez. Who knows what you can get from? But you can turn this around in two years, I would say. Two to three years to get back to competing for the playoffs. And I, I think agree. Cubs fans can live with that. And and we <clears> talked <throat> about a little bit, too, um, the the trade that already happened with Jock Peterson. Jock, did you First baseman him? comes in. <clears throat> yes. Is that any tell to 
giving Anthony Rizzo the boot. So I, I, I feared that the second I saw the trade, but then you look at kind of, he's what, 22 or 23, and you look at his stat line, he's betting like 200 right now in the minors, so he had a really good one or two years when he first came to the minor leagues. Pandemic happens, and his 2020 season was kind of, was canceled, and this season he has not had a good season so far. I don't think this is the first baseman of the future. I don't think this means anything for Anthony Rizzo. Um, I think the Cubs just found a prospect that, that, that would, the Braves would trade. The Braves are desperate. The fact that we got anything for Jack Peterson thrills me because Jack Peterson, quite frankly, sucks and isn't worth anything to me. We only gave him $3 million for one year. The fact that we got a prospect that's got some kind of potential to him yep. is a good trade for, for, for Jed Hoyer and the Cubs. So I, I, agree. I was happy with it. And, I but agree. I was obviously surprised he was the first to go. I don't think anybody was expecting Jack to get traded. I don't think anyone was. It was... <clears throat> It was a shocker. I mean, I did not think he was going to be Jock Peterson, the first one to go out of all the big names. <laughs> yeah, and, right. And something that was interesting I just read is um, it looks like Chris Bryant is a big name linked to Washington right now. Really? So yeah. I was reading Mets or Giants this morning. I guess the Nationals are, are back. And up the in Nationals division. are back. Yep. I mean, they're they're a five hundred ball club too. We see the divisions are a little bit different. Milwaukee's wide open. They, the East is wide open. That's why the Braves are buying, even though they're four games below 500. The Brewers kind of have a commanding lead, but I don't think, you know, we're not in a position to buy. No. So I guess the East is hungry. I don't I know was if reading the Nationals Met. have the prospects. The Mets might. And I think that's the Mets why might. I don't think the Giants do either. Because the Giants do want to. The Giants are linked to Brian, but I don't think they have the, the farm system to be able to get him. I think the Mets is the perfect fit for him. Unless he goes, I agree. Unless he goes to the American League and somebody's interested in him then. So, <clears throat> Kimbrell is not linked to any names quite yet. I mean, and it's going to open up drastically. He's our most valued asset, I would say. He is. 100%. You're going to get the biggest... He's a closer yes. with he's, an ERA of about He's the best closer 5. in the game. He's the best closer in the game 5. right now. And he's been amazing all year. You're going to get a boatload. And anybody who's in the playoffs right now who's competing for a playoff spot... You want Craig, you want, you want Craig, Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell. The White Sox can use Craig Kimbrell even though Liam Hendricks is dominating because you put Liam Hendricks in the eighth inning spot, right? The setup man, and you got Craig, Craig Kimbrell in the ninth. So any team he can go to and make them better. It doesn't matter who they have in their closer role right now. So we're going to get the most out of Craig Kimbrell, I think, in the trade deadline. Without a doubt. It, it's, <clears throat> it's a very similar trade to Chapman. I mean, he's not throwing 102 <clears throat> miles an hour, but... He's got 33 innings pitched, 21 saves, one home run allowed, 58 strikeouts, and that ERA is .53. He's been so good for us. .53. And this is the Craig Kimball we thought we were getting in 20, was it 18? Two, two years when ago? When we first, oh, was three, it three years ago? Three years ago. ago. Okay. Yeah, 2018 we finally signed him because he took that long offseason because no, the market really didn't set up for him and he waited. And we are the ones who bit and bought him and he was bad for us for two years, but now here he is. Yep. Exactly who we thought we were going to get, and now we're going to trade him. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to be gone, that without a doubt. <clears throat> Kimbrel's, Kimbrel's going to be gone. Um, uh, of course, Chris Bryant, too, but like we talked about, do you think the Cubs re-sign Rizzo, Contreras, Baez? All free so, agents coming up. The latest rumors have been the Cubs have been talking again with Rizzo and Baez on a long-term deal. I think Rizzo is the only guy who's staying for sure. Like I think that's the one deal they're going to get done. I think Rizzo's worth about ninety to hundred million. Honestly, what the Cubs probably offered him is probably what he's worth. Maybe give him a little bit more. He's the face of the franchise. He's the captain. He's a clutch guy. Nicest guy you can meet. You give him one hundred and ten for six years, and he ends his career here. I'm fine with that. I think the fans would be great with that. 
And I think it's something ownership can afford. Okay. Um, so the Cubs have some money to deal with coming up. They've, they've got prospects coming through, but yeah. you're going to be trading Kimbrough, who's got a very yes. hefty contract. Trading Bryant. Bryant has got a... You're going to avoid that contract. You are. Not gonna you're going to avoid Baez, Contreras, or Rizzo. I don't see them re-signing all three to major no. contracts because you're going to be paying them each 15-plus million. Yes. I, I think you... If I'm the Cubs, I want to keep Rizzo and Contreras. I think Contreras is the rising best catcher in the National League. Maybe Rio Muto, I remember you and I talking about, could be a, could be a contention for that. Yep. Um, but Contreras is still young, and you still have another year of control. I think Baez needs to go. I think we could trade him. That'd be great. Um, he's just too inconsistent. And I just, you know, I know he's Mr. Excitement. He's been great for us. But I think uh, I think he's the one guy that, that should probably go as well. I agree. As hard as it would be to see him go. I love him, it's, but... It, it's probably going to happen, but the one thing we did talk about, too, is it just can't happen to the south side. Like, can you imagine seeing... No, please. Any, we, we've talked about this. Any part of the core of the Cubs, you've got Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras. Could you see any of them in black and white come October? Oh, I could... I don't want any of them in black and white. The only people I can see actually going to them would be Bryant or Baez because of what the White Sox need right now. They need outfielders, and they need a second baseman. They do. Chris Bryant can play anywhere on the field. The guy is so versatile, and you need a consistent type of hitter like him. Or Baez played second base the first half of his career, and he played at a gold glove level. Um, so I could see either of those two players fitting with the White Sox. Now, of course, I don't want to see that ever. I don't think any Cubs fan wants to see that. But, you know, if you're the White Sox and you get a Chris Bryant, you're automatically World Series contenders. Now, some might say they already are. I would argue they're not. They're not there yet. They're close. AL, ALDS, ALCS, yes. They have the but pieces, but add, you, add that. I would not pencil them in the World Series today. I, they're not ready quite yet. They're very, very good. But they're not World Series contenders quite yet. They're very close. You get a Chris Bryant, yeah, they're penciled in. Right now, with their roster, who stops them in the playoffs? I don't, uh, you, uh, you can't say the, the A's Astros. do. You can't say the A's do. No, but the Astros do. The Red Sox do. You think the Red Sox are yes. ready to... Yes. Okay. I, the Red Sox I, are ready I would to put Red Sox over White Sox in the playoffs. I would have the Astros over the White Sox, who have beat them five out of their five games yep. so far this season. Okay. Uh, they, White Sox would beat the A's this time around. White Sox killed them tonight. Yeah, they killed them tonight. Um, and the A's beat them last year in the playoffs. I would say the White Sox would beat them this year if that were to happen again. Um... I don't see anybody in the central, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't think they even have a wild card spot. So, yeah, I can see again the White Sox. They could make it to the ALCS, but but if you had it, they need to make a <clears> trade. Whether it's a major core piece of the Cubs or the Diamondbacks are going to be huge. Escobar, Escobar would be Peralta. a nice fit. Or even Adam Frazier from the Pirates, who's an All Star, he's betting over three hundred. Yeah. He's, he's leading the league in hits, right? I know. We we saw Adam it last Frazier, night at yeah. the Cardinals game. Frazier, we were shocked by that. Um, so I think. That's the more likely trade for them as an Escobar or a Frazier. Plug them in a second base, good contact hitter mm-hmm. to pair with the power guys that they already have. Yeah. That's probably the best move for the White Sox. It's the most realistic trade I think that would happen. But I'm just saying, if you were to give the Cubs, I don't know, Madrigal or um, that one other minor league pitcher they have, I forgot his name, I think it's Cash or Chess or something like that, or Kopech, and you get a Chris Bryant, now you're World Series contenders. But I think it's unlikely to happen. And you might you, you pull the trigger on that if you get what you want. <laughs> of right. course. But, but it's gotta be the perfect deal for the Cubs. Otherwise yeah. it's not gonna happen. 
So a, a couple of big free agents coming up too. We've got Kevin Gossman mm-hmm. on the Giants. Um, Freddie Freeman's probably going to resign with with Atlanta. They're already talking about signing him long term. So you've also got big shortstops: Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, and Corey Seager. They're all free they're, agents. They're all going to be free agents. And Baez. And Baez. Who's the Cubs shortstop next year? Nico, 2022. Nico Horner. Okay. Yeah. No big sign? No. Keep no. Nico at second? Yeah, no. Put Nico no. at short, and you have probably a Sandy Alcantara at second base. Okay. Or if you don't like him, you don't think he's going to pan out, you're going to sign a cheap one-year deal for a second baseman, kind of like you did the entire team this year. You signed about, I think, what is it? 18 out of the 25 guys on our roster are all on one-year deals. The entire team is flipping. It's insane how we're many We're about to lose now. everybody, unless we just Everyone. start resetting them right The only now. guys that are staying right now would be Contreras and, what, Hendricks? Yeah. <laughs> and Hendricks they have for two, two, three years. Yeah, yeah that's it. The Bodie, entire team is on a one-year Bodie deal. Bodie, maybe a couple. Yeah, Bodie, but that's but it. You're, you're, losing, you're losing everything. You're so losing 80% of the roster. The, the thing with them is, <clears throat> okay, you're, you're going to trade probably Davies. Kimbrel's gone. I would love if we trade The bullpen, Davis. maybe you re-sign a few. Um, probably Hendricks one. probably stays. Hendricks stays a couple more. Even years. though there's been talks about his market like value really growing, and that the Cubs could get good pieces on him, which is true. But then you have zero pitchers. You don't yeah. have. A, he's our only pitcher right now, and you got to build. You got to have something to build around on your pitching staff that's already short of young arms that you've tried to pay for your entirety tender here, Theo and Jed. So you got to keep somebody around, and Kyle Hendricks is a guy you locked up when he was young for cheap. And he's turned out very well for you. Is he an ace? Probably not. He is on half of the teams in the league. Probably the lower half of those teams. He's probably your great number two starter. And then you'd want to get an ace. But you got to develop those pitching. So I think you keep exactly to motivate and teach the younger pitchers that the Cubs hopefully will get. And my last question too is, let's say you do re-sign two out of the four core. And, and the core, I'm talking Contreras, Bryant, Rizzo. And Baez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you re-sign two of those. That's the goal. Okay, you get extensions on two. You keep them. You trade two or you lose two in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, there's going to be a trade that goes down. But let, let's say we get two of them coming back next year. Okay. And Hendricks. Yeah. How big of a splash do you make in the free agent market in 2022 knowing that guys like Syndergaard, Lance Lynn, Scherzer, <clears throat> even the shortstop market? and Well, Lance Lynn just signed an extension with the White Sox today. Two, he did today? Two years, $38 million. Okay. So he'll be there for another years. But I, see, I heard what you're saying. Okay, then will the Cubs sign someone to a contract over $24 million no. this offseason? No. No, no. Not a chance. Okay. In two years? Yes. But I doubt. I highly doubt it. I mean, why? If that was the case, I mean, I mean, you're dumping. You dumped Darvish. You dumped Schwarber. You dumped Lester. You're going to trade all the core the guys. We've seen. I mean, if we had other younger guys coming up through the minor leagues ready to compete at a decent level in the MLB, then I can see them making a couple of good splash picks with some other free agents because now we have room because we got rid of like guys like Darvish and dumped some and dumped some money. But I think next year is still going to be a transition year, focus on our younger talent, whatever the hell that is, and then see what you can do for 2023. 2023 would be the year the Cubs start spending money again. Next year, it's going to be, we got young guys, let's develop them, see who we got. And if we think we could be good enough, 2023 be splash. Yeah. And I feel like the the next year or two, you still almost get those rentals. You those do. Jock you will. Peterson you pieces. Will. 
And you might try and flip those guys again. You might just keep doing this for a little bit. Yeah. And then until you think you're ready to compete again for a playoff spot. And the Central right now is so winnable. So it could be a two-year thing, which is fine. The Yankees did it uh, like four or five years ago. The Red Sox just did it, and they're in first place. So teams can do this, especially when you're a high market, uh, um, a big market team. Yeah, you're able and to that's do my that. point. Like, it's not like we're competing with a Houston Astros team. Yeah, we're not. It's not exactly. like we're we're competing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're not in the here. AL West. We're not in the NL West. We will come <laughs> playoffs, but like midseason, <clears throat> this division's wide open. So that that just leaves so many more questions and. Here in the next two weeks, we're going to have so many answers. Yes, so it's going to be exciting. It, it feels sad. like we're just waiting for, for Christmas morning to come just to see who what prospects we get and, and what disappointment or happiness comes. Because you know what's going to happen. I mean, just rip the we're, it's going to be depressing, but you know what's going to happen. So, so it, it's like, who's going to go? What are we going to get? I'm I'm dreading the day, knowing it's gonna happen. But just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> Let's get it over Let it with. Happen. Let's get yeah. it over with. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Maybe it's still a week and a half away. Probably, Who knows? Probably a week away. We'll see. So it's gonna be fun. But um, hey, yeah, really appreciate you joining me again. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna be moving soon, as as we know. So we're good gonna, luck in Seattle, bud. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, we will. You'll have a good time. We'll uh, we'll try we'll try and connect again and uh, get a get a podcast going. Whether it's virtual or get you out there in sure. person, but um, yeah, appreciate you coming on again, and, and glad we could uh, have some fun with the girls yeah. tonight as well. Yeah, so. that was that was interesting. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Man. Well, yeah, you all have a good rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll be back at you soon.